Hey everyone, welcome back. My name is Lynn Wilson and welcome to Hope for Today. And I trust today that God has something very special for you to hear, for you to absorb, and for you to go out and do. So today I hope to leave you with more hope than you started with and a new zeal for life and a new zeal to change what has been happening in your world. So today we're talking about a time for everything. And you probably already guessed we're going to be in Ecclesiastics 3. And let me just read you some of the verses here. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to teach, excuse me, a time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear down and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. And I just trust that God's word will go forth and touch many hearts with that passage as we have just read it. So over the past several months, I think we can all agree that our entire world, the entire planet, has been through change. We are still going through change. Governments have changed. The economies have changed. Health has changed. Who was living in January 2020 and who is no longer living now has changed. Who was born after January 2020 has changed. The way we shop has changed. The way we think about life has changed. The way we attend church has changed. The way we visit the doctor has changed. The way we eat at a restaurant has changed. Change is happening all around us and we can't stop it. No matter what we say, what we do, what we think, what we try to do, how we try to manipulate, even about how we pray and what we pray about, change will still happen. And it's happening as we speak. Change can be scary. I don't know about you, but I find it very intimidating. I find I get uh, very overwhelmed and very frightened and um, I get very scared. And, you know, there are some Christians that... Unfortunately, when you admit, you know, this is this is how I'm feeling. I'm feeling frightened. Um, I'm a human being. I'm a woman. And I'm going to be frightened at times. And I know what the Bible says. And I know scripture says that God has not given us the spirit of fear. But if we're all real with each other, we talked about the other week about taking off your mask. Don't be holier than thou and tell somebody, well, God hasn't given you the spirit of fear and kind of slap them across the face and tell them to to bucket up and deal with it. We have been through trauma, absolute trauma with this whole situation that has happened at least in the United States since March. And change has left us feeling unsettled and um, even for those that are the strongest Christians, I'm sure there are days where they're feeling like they just quite can't catch their breath. So how do we find comfort in a changing world? How do we feel settled? Well, the one thing that I always have to remember, and I remember singing a song in Sunday school, he's the alpha and the omega, he's the beginning and the end. And that's referring to the Lord. 
He was at the beginning and he's already at the end. He's in today, he's in tomorrow. He's already gone through this. He already knows what's on the other side. We as a human can't quite grasp the infiniteness of the Lord and how, how can he be here and there and know this and already be in 10 years from now and, and know how he's God. So we can take comfort in knowing that when we pray about a situation, he already knows the answer. So as I pray to him for wisdom or for strength or for guidance, he knows where I need to be. So he can then say, oh, she's willing. She's willing to listen to me. She's willing to ask for wisdom. She's willing to be guided. Let me guide her in that direction. So take some comfort in that. But I want to stop for a minute. And uh, I, I'm a very visual learner. And everybody learns differently. Some by books, some by hearing, some by reading and looking, some by touching. I learn by a lot of it, but I, I need a visual. And to me, sometimes when you have a visual, when you see something, it kind of triggers that memory of, ah, oh, I remember that. So I want to do a little visual for you, all right? So bear with me for a minute. All right. Ooh. Wow. I, I can't see very clear. Everything's like not in focus and, and disoriented and things look weird. My perspective is all off and I, I can't see right. What? Wait a minute. Hold on. Let me put my glasses back on. Ah, now I can see clearly. I can focus better on what's in the room. My perspective has changed. There's the door. I thought that was a window when I had these other glasses on. Hmm. Now when I look around, the the things that look weird are, there. yeah, that's the normal weird. Amazing. So what just happened? My perspective changed when I put on the right glasses. You know, have you been living the life of someone else? Have you been walking around wearing the glasses that don't belong to you? Wearing the life that doesn't belong to you? Maybe you're wearing the life you wish you had or the, the life that you want to have. And you know God's calling you in this way, but you're going that way. So you're not seeing clearly and you're not able to focus and you're not able to get that perspective right because you're not doing what God has told you to do. So if you move forward in the correct way and wear the correct wisdom that's for you and wear the correct guidance that is for you, you will see clearly, you will think clearly, your perspective will be, ah, I get it now. Hmm. You know, they say hindsight is 2020. And these glasses, obviously, I don't have 2020 vision, or I wouldn't need glasses. And even wearing these glasses, they help, but I still don't have 2020 vision anymore. But hindsight refers to looking back and reflecting on the past. Many times we've made a decision and we bought a car. And we look back six months ago when we got that car, and I said, it was the best decision I ever made. It, it, it runs well. It's good on gas. It just gets me from where I need to go. And the car payment is reasonable. Or we purchase this car and we look back hindsight and we go, it's the worst thing I ever did. The gas mileage is terrible. The car's broken down too many times. It doesn't fit my budget. So again, hindsight is 2020. Hindsight is always more clear 
because we can look back at that decision we made and see how things fell into place. You can't always do that looking forward. You're sort of guessing, I think this is the right decision. I hope this is the right decision. I just hope I didn't mess this up. That is why we need to constantly ask the Lord for wisdom and guidance for every single thing that we do. I remember taking, my husband and I took a um, counseling class um, many years ago, and it was on budgeting and counseling people with doing budgets. And I remember the one woman in the class that was one of the teachers and the counselor, she said has, she had been very, very poor and the Lord brought her through and, and has allowed her to make a decent salary and she was able to sustain herself. And she said, the one thing I learned when I was poor and I, I asked the Lord to remind me now that I have the funds, but to never forget to pray before I go grocery shopping. And she, you know, everybody laughed and I thought that was silly. She said, it's not silly. The Lord is already in next week. So if you pray before you go grocery shopping and you have $200, he knows what food you need. He's going to know that, oh, I didn't know I was going to get invited out to dinner this week. And I didn't know somebody had a bag of food for me they were going to drop off. Or I didn't know that that meal was going to stretch further than I thought. It was a new recipe. I didn't know. The Lord knows all that. And she said when she would pray about it and she'd go grocery shopping, she would come home with money in her pocket plenty of food, and it would work out perfectly. And she said, every time I didn't pray before I went grocery shopping, I either spent the 200 or I went over. I didn't have enough food. The food didn't fit together. Have you ever done that? You went shopping, you get home, you said, I just spent all this money. I don't have anything. None of this makes sense. I don't even have three decent meals to put together. You were throwing things in the cart. You weren't concentrating. You couldn't fo focus. Your perspective was off. You know, you kind of feel like you're wearing these glasses as you're walking around the grocery store and you're, you're trying to figure things out. But if you had prayed about it and you asked the Lord, Lord, help me out. I'm going grocery shopping. I have 200 this week. What do you think? And then maybe you spend 150 and you have an extra $50 and you go to church and, and they're asking for maybe a missions. Now you have an extra $50 to donate. Or maybe your neighbor's having a hard time. You have an extra $50 to share with them. Maybe you just have an extra $50 that you sock away in, in your bank and, and you say, you know, in a couple weeks you have another bill you need to pay and you have that extra money. The Lord will guide you through all of that. Now we're fast approaching January 1st, 2021. So today is September 29th. So from today until January 1st, 2021 is 94 days. Can you believe that? I can't believe that. What will you say on January 1st, 2021, when you look back hindsight at 2020 and you reflect on this year? Will you still be com complaining about life? Will you reflect on how little that you did? Will you reflect on what you could have done? I want to stop and realize that 2020 is only one year in our entire lifetime. Now, many of us have lived a lifetime already of maybe 30, 40, or 50 years. This was only one year out of 50 years. And it wasn't even a full year. It was several months out of one year in our 50 years of lifetime. 
Many of you listening might still have 30, 40, or 50 years to live a lifetime. And this is only a portion, just a section, just a season of a lifetime. For one year, the Lord has allowed us to live in a different season than, <clears throat> than we would normally have known it. Let's go back to Ecclesiastics and just review some of these um, things that it talks about there's a time for. It says there's a time for every activity under heaven. There's a time to be born. There's a time to die. There's a time to plant and there's a time to harvest. There's a time to tear down and there's a time to rebuild. There's a time to be silent and there's a time to speak. For every activity that you've been involved in this year, there's a time for activity. For every activity you've been involved in and you have done, what type of activity have you allowed yourself to take part of? If you knew that the Lord was going to show up at three o'clock today and knock on your door of your home, would you have to hide anything? Would you have to hide your journal or a magazine or a book or a pamphlet from somewhere that you went? If you knew that in person he was going to show up, would you feel the need desperately to hide parts of your life? What activities have you allowed yourself to get involved in over this past year? There's a time to be born and there's a time to die. You know, we only live once. It is appointed unto man once to die. We have one life. None of us know if it's going to be um, my niece was born and died on the same day. She lived less than 24 hours. She was born, had a few hours of air, breathing her air, and then the Lord took her home. Why? I don't know. I have no idea. We didn't even get to know her personality or, or her likes and her dislikes. We didn't get to see her grow up. She didn't have an opportunity to go to school and graduate and go to college and become something. She never had that opportunity. I don't know why, but it is appointed unto man once to die. Her appointment was already preset before she was born. She was born and she died. We have all obviously been born. If we're a living human being right now, we have been born. We don't know when we'll die. Some have died of COVID. Some have died of heart attacks. Some have died in a car accident. Some have died in fires. There's millions and different reasons and ways that people die. It is appointed unto man once to die. There's a time to be born and there's a time to die. Have you taken care of eternity? Do you know for sure where you will spend eternity when it's your time to die? If you do not know, I will trust that you will either make a phone call to us today to find out. You will call a neighbor who you know is a Bible-believing Christian. You will call your church and your pastor. Find out from someone that you can know for, for sure that you will have security in heaven. There's a time to plant and there's a time to harvest. Just like a garden in the spring or early summer, you know, you... you took the ground and you 
tore it up a little bit and you planted your seeds and you watered it, took the weeds out, you nurtured it, you looked after it, you took care, you invested some time into this garden. Because now that the fall is here, you want to harvest your pumpkins and harvest that corn and the late summer crops that you've planted. You've spent time, you've invested. How many lives have you invested in this year? How many lives have you planted a seed in this year? Have you worked the garden with an individual? Have you, you know, kind of gone over there and opened things up like you would in the earth and, and um, you know, you want to stir that dirt up so that the air can breathe through it. How many times have you gone into someone's life and tried to open things up and get them to understand and see a different perspective? And then you've planted a seed in their life of sharing the gospel with them about the Lord Jesus Christ. How many can you count on one finger, five fingers, ten? Do you need your fingers and toes? Is it that many? Great. Have you even witnessed to one person? Have you shared the gospel? Have you shared the Lord with one person this season? You know, you're planting this year and next year you can see a harvest. Next year you'll see that person when the doors are fully opened at church and people are coming in. Will you see the harvest of, I talked to them. I, I remembered investing in them. Oh yeah, I remember talking to them at a restaurant I, and I left them a track that was the waiter that served us. That was my neighbor. I shared the Lord with them. I brought some, you know, you, you used your gifts of encouragement and your gift of hospitality. And, and now you're, you're reaping the benefits and you're seeing the harvest come and they're showing up at church. You know, I can tell you, I'll tell you a story of um, something that my husband's family is doing. There's five boys in the family and the, the Wilson boys is how they're known. And, um, they have a very strong legacy and heritage in the Wilson family. Uh, we're now in the fourth generation of preachers, and it's just a strong uh, testimony of the family. And I don't mean that in a bragging way. I mean that in a respectful way. And so the five boys decided that they want to all write down their testimony so that someday it's in writing and future generations can look back and see the story of, how these different boys accepted the Lord and what did God do in their life and so on. And so my husband decided to expand that. And he's one of the brothers and he's written his testimony. And, and uh, but now we're asking grandparents and we're trying to pull other information from other family relatives and, and have this book of the heritage of the Wilson family and, and how they know the Lord and, and how did they become Christians. And um, my husband was talking to an extended family member and and saying, now let me tell you, this family member is not living for the Lord in any way, shape, or form, denies the Lord, and um, just, we'll leave it there, but it, it's not good. And But my husband has a good relationship with them and said, hey, um, when you were growing up, you know, you grew up in a Christian home, and, and did your parents ever, like, share their testimony? He was asking more for do you have a copy of it or do you know anything because he wanted to write it down and add it to the book and this family member turned to him and said all the years we went to church when i was a kid i don't think my parents ever once shared their testimony and that really got my husband and i thinking that wow is that part of the reason why two out of three of the kids in this particular family unit 
have nothing to do with the Lord? I don't know. I don't know that for sure. I don't know what happened behind the scenes and, and the dynamics of the family. But I can tell you my husband's parents, um, they are in glory at this point, but they share their testimony from the pulpit to the home, at the dinner table, to family conversations. It was just commonplace. Not only did they share their testimony, they lived their testimony. They lived the faith that they believed in. We saw their daughter pass away, and we watched them praise the name of Jesus after she passed. And we watched them through thick and thin, constantly walk with the Lord. There was never a question of, did they believe in God or did they just go to church? We know what their testimony, not only did we hear it from them sharing with us, we watched them live it. So it made us think about our own kids. And so we have three kids and, and my husband and I both thought, yeah, we have shared our testimony with our kids. Did we? And we thought back to, yeah, I remember that time we sat, we talked about this. And I remember the time we sat and talked about that. And it's the same thing. I know our kids have seen us go through some pretty rough waters and, and they've watched us feel like the, the walls were caving in and the water was too high and the fire was too hot. And we kept running toward what the Lord wanted us to do. Did we do it perfectly? Absolutely not. I'm a human being and I'm the first one to tell you, I'd mess that up again. But you know what? My kids also got to see me say, you know what? I messed up. I need to go before the Lord. I need to make it right. And I need to pick myself up and move forward. My kids were able to watch us live our faith as well. So someday they'll have the legacy to tell their own children. You know what I saw in my parents? This is what I saw. They lived their faith. There's a season. I'm in a season of this time in life. I don't know why the Lord has ordained for Lynn Wilson to be this age at this time to invest in the people that he has me investing in. I don't know what all that means, but he does. He is in the end. He knows exactly where I am and what he needs me to do, when he needs it, me to do it. And I just need to ask him for wisdom and guidance to know what I need to do. A time to tear down and a time to rebuild. What do you need to tear down in your life? What is hindering you from moving on in life? You know, sometimes you just have, you just know, I, 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 this thing is here and I've got to get rid of it. And you hold on to it as tight as you can and you won't let it go. What do you need to let go? I heard a missionary talk about a story and it was about a monkey and a nut. And that there was a nut in a jar and the monkey put his hand in it and the jar, the, you know, the opening was very small. He got his hand in there, but he can get his hand in and out, no problem. But the minute he grabbed that nut and he made a fist, he could no longer get his hand out. But if he had let go of the nut, he would have gotten his hand right out. And that was one way of them trapping the monkeys in the camp that they were in. They could, they had to get rid of them. I guess they were overwhelming in the area. So they would put nuts in jars with these small openings. So that when the monkey put it in there, he would refuse to let go of the nut. So it sort of captured them where they were and they were able to be taken away. What are you holding on to today? What do you need to tear down that you will not let go? And if you had only let go, you could be free. 
Now is the time to rebuild your life. There's a time to be silent and a time to speak. Yes, there are times that we need to be silent. How many times have I heard the Lord say, Lynn, shut your mouth. Don't say a word. Whether it's something in front of your kids or you're, you hear somebody say something that's out of line and you just hear that gentle whisper, that gentle touch from the Lord saying, be quiet. This is not for you to say something. Ask the Lord every day to guide your words and to use your words as an encouragement to another person, not to be tearing them down, not to open your mouth and stick your foot in it over and over again. And yes, there's a time to speak. You know what? Share your testimony. Start allowing God to use you and your words. If ever there is a time to share the Lord Jesus Christ, it's now. With the season that we're in, yes, today is the day for you to speak. Ask the Lord to use your words wisely and correctly, that you don't jump in there in front of what the Lord wants to do. But there is a time to speak. The time is now. Life is happening right now, right around us, everywhere you look. Whether you want it to or not, the clock is ticking. Every second is turning into a minute. Every minute is turning into an hour. Every hour is turning into a day. Every day is turning into a year, and every year is turning into a lifetime. What have you done with the seconds, the minutes, the hours, the days, the weeks, the months, the years? What have you done with your life? What have you done in this past year? What have you done in the season that God has put us in right now? When 2021 comes and you look back hindsight at the year 2020, as we say, hindsight is always 2020. And I think there's a pun or whatever you want to call it in there. We're going to look back at 2020. What will you see in your life? What will you see that you have done to invest in a life, to share your testimony, did you learn how to be silent? Did you learn how to speak up? Did you tear those things down and rebuild those things that needed to be rebuilt? Have you healed what needed to be healed? Or will you see a life that just sort of faded away and was a wasted life? I've had people say to me, you know, I've just wasted my entire life. How sad. Are you feeling like that today? Do you feel like, yeah, I'm a waste. I, I, I've done nothing. Or maybe I used to be something, but this... Last year, this past season, I, I just couldn't get it together. I, I just felt like this whole pandemic, it just messed up my brain. I know, I'm, with, I'm there with you. My brain is, we keep joking here at work, we've got COVID brain, like you can't think straight some days and you don't know if it's Wednesday or, or Friday and then you find out it's Sunday. Oh, I'm supposed to be at church and days are all mushy and ran into the next one. I get it, I get it. But you know what? God is beyond that. You got a problem today? Commit it to the Lord. Lord, I, I, I want to do this. I, I want to have a good day today. I want to serve you. Go before me. Make sure you're all around me. Put a hedge of protection around me and guide me and direct me. But wait. If you're sitting here right now and you're saying I'm hopeless I, and I've wasted my life, I've wasted a year, I, I can't gain it back. No, you can't. You, you cannot go back into tomorrow. That's over. But I want to let you know, there is hope. This whole podcast is to bring you hope. Now, we've talked about all the things that God said there's seasons for. And I don't know what season he has you in. But guess what? We still have 94 days. I have 94 more days 
until January 1st, 2021. I have 94 more days to make a difference. I have 94 days to clean up my act. I have 94 days to change my life. I have 94 days to make it right in the eyes of the Lord. I have 94 more days to remember that wonderful hymn is great is his faithfulness. I have 94 days left to wake up every morning and say, his mercies are new every morning. Every morning you wake up, you can start fresh. His mercies are new every single morning. I have 94 days left that I can say before January 1st that I can make these differences in my own life. Make today, September 29th, the last day of your old ways. Get rid of it. Tear it down. It's time to rebuild. It's time to restore. This is the season in your life to move forward in the Lord. Make today the first day of the rest of your life to live life, to dream, to enjoy, to laugh, to rebuild, to mend, to plant, to harvest, to dance, to throw away, and to speak. So may the Lord give you a new perspective for you to put on the right glasses, for you to see more clearly, to be able to focus on what he wants you to focus on, for you to not feel distorted and out of season, but for you to feel that you are in season. You need to ask the Lord for wisdom and for guidance to enter this new season that he has you going into and see what it brings. See what, what new life, what a new season, when you've torn those things down and you've release them and you are free. Live a better life for him. Live a better life for yourself. And remember, there's always hope for today with the Lord's help. Thanks for stopping by today and visiting me on my podcast. Please leave me a comment below. I read them and I am so encouraged when I hear back from you. And I'd love to just read those. And don't forget, if you need hope for salvation, give us a call. You can email me that is in the description below. And we will see you guys next week at the next podcast.